Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode. Better is a moment that I spend with you than a million other days away. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the secret place. I welcome you to another episode of Women Prayer Group Podcast. We thank God for life and every good thing he has done for us. This episode features one of our recorded Bible studies. We hold our meetings every other Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please contact us to be a part of this group by sending us a message on the Podium app. When you contact us, we will provide a conference call number with which you can dial in into our meetings. This is the right choice, and you want us to, as women, see that your feet are going to learn from you, to read your word, study your word. You opened our eyes last week to a lot of beautiful things, especially the fact that when we know you more, um, we, we have eternal life on earth. When we know you more on earth, Lord, we have joy, we have peace, and we have righteousness, and the world's Success or worldly success or failure will not determine our joy. The more we know Jesus, Lord, expose more secrets to us today. We thank you for what you've exposed previously. Help us, O God, in everything, and at the end of the day, help us give you all the glory. We love you, Lord. Jesus, mighty name. So last week we learned about um, knowing God and knowing him intimately. Also, we talked about getting eternal life right now. And we, we discovered that when we know God more, we have eternal life, right? So even though we know God more on earth, the more of God we know on earth, the more of eternal life we have. We define eternal life as righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. That's eternal life. Um, that's what we define eternal life as. And when we know the Lord, we get to um, enjoy these things, even now, right? And it's interesting. So today, we will be um, just explaining Or So last week, we dwelt on John 17, 3, eternal life. Talk about a lot of stuff around that. Now, there are two accompanying verses to the um, knowing God, which is Philippians 3, 10 and 2 Peter want to and this in this bible study i just want to like 
explain better what this Philippians 3.10 is saying and 2 Peter 1.2. So Philippians 3.10 and it's very interesting if we start reading from the top, right? If we read from the top, it says that finally my brothers rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you Look out for dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision. We worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. I put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself, I have reasons for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law a Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law and blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered this loss, the loss of all those things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share in the suffering, becoming like him, in his death. And 11 says that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So, um, if you read this chapter in your quiet time, it's interesting because Paul listed his attainments and his achievements. And he said he counted them as dung just because he wanted to know Christ. If you read some other version, it says that I've discovered that in order to know Christ truthfully, intimately, you have to count this as done. So Paul was like, I counted this as done because I know that this is the only way to really know you. And we know why we want to know Christ already. Because John 17, 3 says that we know him, we have eternal life. So this is why we should, okay, so, so um, Philippians 3 is now giving us, the how to know Christ. And the how is um, by putting aside all our own righteousness. When we come to Christ, we don't come with our righteousness or our achievements. we got to put it aside. That is the only true way to know Christ. And Paul said his achievements here, and he counted it as strong. So what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to read Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 10 in the Living Bible. But all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I have thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Christ alone. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
I have put aside all else, counting it what less not what less than nothing, in order that I can have Christ and become one with him, no longer counting on being saved by being good enough or by obeying God's laws, but by trusting Christ to save me. For God's way is of making us right with himself depends on faith, counting on Christ alone. Now, I have given up everything else. I found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and die with him. So whatever it takes, I will be one who lives in the, in the fresh newness of life of those who are alive from the dead. Amen. So this place is talking about how Paul counted everything that he had achieved as nothing. And he put them away. Another version said he counted them as garbage. Now, uh, and another version said he tore them up. So, my, I want to clarify something about tearing up your achievements, right? What Paul said here uh, as his achievements are circumcision. Uh, is Jewish heritage and the fact that he was born into the Jewish family how he was part of the Pharisees he, he obeyed the law he even had zeal for God by persecuting the church and he tore them all up how did he tear them up in his mind he tore them up he counted them as garbage his achievements were not physical so there's no way he could tear them up circumcision is not physical I'm just Relating this to people that read this verse and they go and tear their most prized um, certificates or destroy their trophies or renounce their reality because Paul tore up his uh, achievements. That is not necessarily what God is trying to tell you, except if God explicitly tells you to tear up your certificate or destroy your trophy or uh, throw away your real or your achievements, right? God is telling you that in your mind. Make them of no value. Do you know you can actually tear them up and be um, sad about it? Because you still value them in your mind, right? So God wants to change our mindset to not value those things because in that way, we would um, become humble and value him more and know him, seek to know him more. So Paul, what made Paul proud in those days was, or what made him boastful, where his Jewish heritage, the fact that he was keeping the law so well, always trying to obey the rules, be zealous for God, all these righteous things, they're really nice, but he counted them as dung in order to truly know Christ. And that is um, what we should do, right? When we have an achievement, that achievement should be nothing to us, except what God says it is to us. If you have, um, for example, let's say the certificate that you are tearing up, or you, you want to tear up, how do you tear it up in your mind? You do not take the glory that comes with having that. You give those that glory to God. 
you do not take the accolades that come with having that certificate. You give it to God. You count it as nothing to yourself. And it starts with your mind, your heart, where your heart is. It's also um, the, by the help of God that we can actually count all our achievements as nothing and our righteousness as nothing. And the truth is that self-righteousness and achievements comes with actually helping yourself to obey God's laws. And that's what the law, when you're under the law, that's what happens when you're under the law. You keep the law, keep all the law, and after you're done, you say, wow, I actually kept the law this year. I was so righteous this year. I disciplined myself to actually keep the Ten Commandments this year. I did not lie. And that is all self-righteousness. But trusting in God, the righteousness of God is ignoring the law and trusting the Holy Spirit which you have in you to direct you on a daily basis. Trusting in the Holy Spirit, always asking Him what to do every time. Trusting Him to transform your life so that your nature becomes a nature of a saint and not an alarm clock scent or a reminder scent that you are always reminding yourself or disciplining yourself to actually keep the law. No. The Holy Spirit will transform your nature to naturally know how to keep the law. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And you cannot boast about it because... His work is perfect. When he does that work in you, transforming you to someone that is pleasing to Christ, there's nothing to boast about. Because the work of righteousness is not done by you or by your effort to keep the law, but by the Holy Spirit helping you to keep the law, step by step. And he does it at his own pace. So for example, let's say you have your you have like a bunch of sins in your life, right? And maybe you discover these sins by your experiences in life. Like, for example, you get provoked and you, you, let, you, you get angry. Or you, you tell lies. Or you do some things, adultery, fornication. Then you list them um, down. The human discipline, law-following Christian would write them down and set reminders for them. And say, okay, I would try my best not to do all this. And that process leads to pride when you have achieved that you have achieved such moral standard you become proud that does not please god at all what pleases god is when you first of all come to christ in salvation allow the holy spirit to live in you ask the holy spirit to live in you seek to be um, filled with the holy spirit then the journey begins just leave it for him he would shine the light of jesus to every area of your life that need repair and he will repair it. For example, one day he would shine the light of God onto anger. And somebody's going to provoke you. And when that person does, he will be there to tell you, cool down, Ruth, cool down. You are a child of God. Don't let this on go down on your anger. He will be the one to come to you. He will be the one to help you to overcome that anger. And then you'll be like, wow, I still have anger in me. And then you kneel down and pray to God and say, God, please help me overcome this sin. And then he will do that for you. And literally, literally God will help you overcome each sin in your life. And he knows which one to mortify first. So um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, mortify all these habits, right? So when we come to Christ in salvation, first time, God takes that old man, 
that Adam gave your daddy to give you and nails him to the cross and gives birth to baby Jesus in you. However, probably if you gave your life to Christ at the age of 15 or 20, the old man has taught you a lot of bad things for those 20 years. And you have them as habits, like lying habits, cheating habits, doing all those things. They are habits right now. And what the Holy Spirit will help you do is to kill all of all those habits one after the other. And that is what happens. And that is what Paul told us to take note of in Colossians 3 verse 5. Mortify all the habits that that old man, which no longer lives in you, has taught you. Amen. So um, that is what the Holy Spirit will help you to do. And yeah, that's what the Holy Spirit will help you to do. In a way that it will give God glory. That when you say, oh wow, this is not my righteousness. This is truly not my righteousness. But the righteousness of Christ. That's what it will result in. So, uh, going back to tearing up your certificates in your mind. It means that tearing up your self-righteousness. One. It means, number one, tearing up self-righteousness. Two. Tearing up your achievements in life. So achievements could be in your career. Yeah? Let me give you an example. You could be a good uh, neurosurgeon, right? And you've achieved a lot. How will you feel if God said, you, you're the best at your job right now. You're hot. Like, you're very, very good. And you're like, wow, this is my career. I'm good at it. How will you feel if God told you not to do it anymore? Just think about it. If you feel very sad, that means you still value that career in your mind. But if you say, no problem, I will give it up for whatever God wants me to do, then you have to turn up that career in your mind, even though you're still practicing it right now. That is what God is talking about here. That's what Paul is talking about here. He tore up all those achievements like he didn't have them anymore but he still has them in in case god wanted to use them for example if he wanted to preach to jews he was already circumcised so he could blend in right if you want to be relevant in the society for people to listen to what you have to say you have to be somebody great and as a world-renowned neurosurgeon in our example you people will listen to you other neurosurgeons will listen to you other People, doctors will listen to you. So if you tell them that Jesus is the way, there's a high probability that they will follow that. So then you've used your career for Christ, even though you don't value it. So everything you are should be subject to Christ, not for you to use on your own. It should be subject to be directed for Christ. And that is what achievement, surrender your achievements is. It could be spiritual achievements, like your ministry. Yes, you preach to people, and the crowd came in and they were blessed. They were crying. They were rolling on the floor. Is that what you are? Is that what you are uh, holding high? Okay, is that what you put your trust in? Right? Do you put your trust in that gift that God has given you to actually bring people to Christ? If you see yourself as nothing and that God um, walks through you to do those things, then it will be easy when God tells you, 
no more crusade for the next one year. Just sit with me and fellowship with me and read the word of God. You'll be like, ah, that's hard. I think I really like the, taking the glory when people, when I see people crowd shouting and praying and rolling on the floor. So this guy, those, are, those are spiritual achievements, right? And I pray that the Holy Spirit will open our minds to know what achievements relate to us that should be torn up in our minds. So don't trust in your own righteousness, but trust in God to help you to keep the law. Yeah? He's the one that will help you to keep whatever the law says, whatever he wants you to do. So the law is like the default setting. So if you install, if you are installing a software in a computer, you either use the default setting or you use the customized setting. So the default setting is like the recommended setting. Okay, you want to be moral, you got to keep the Ten Commandments, you have to do this. But guess what? The customized setting in God's law, in God's book, in God's in, in Christianity is way more better than the default setting. The customized setting is when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to fulfill God's will and plan for your life. So an example is Ozia. What, what's, what the, what the what? God commanded Ozia to get married to a harlot. That is not in any Jewish law. That is far from Jewish law. He commanded him to get married to a harlot, a sinful woman. Will you say that that is, that you would, as a human, you know, as a keeper of the law, you would say, Ozia broke the law. Why will he do this? But he was led by the Spirit, and that's what God wanted to use his life for. So, God will not, um, the, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you want, what he wants you to do. You know, that's to be pleasing to God. And so, we have to be led by the Spirit. That is a customized setting. He lets he allows you to do what will please God at that moment. And God wants to use us for his glory. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name to understand what it means to actually not depend on our own righteousness or our own efforts in keeping the law or in obeying God, but in have faith in Christ to help us to do God's will. And so... We are going to move on to this. But one more time, let me read what it says. What Philippians 3 verse um, 10 says. Remember, guys. Now I, am, I have given up everything else. I have found it to be the only way to really know Christ. And to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again. And to find out what it means to suffer and to die with him. So... How do you know Christ? Give up your achievements in your mind. Give up your achievements in your mind. And he would know when those things are no value to you. God will know. So we're going to move to the next, the third um, scripture. And we are going to have a lot of talk in this part. So it is 2 Peter chapter 1. Yeah, Second Peter chapter 1, we are supposed to read from 2 to 3, but I'm going to read from 1 to 10. 
because I want to explain something to you guys. So let me read 2 to 3 so that you can know what we are zooming in on. Then I'll read 1 to 10 so that we can have context. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know him better and better. For as you know him better, he will give you through his great power everything you need for living a truly good life. He even shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. And that's eternal life. So if you want to uh, experience that glory of God, his goodness of God on this earth and live a good life, you get to know, you have to know God better and better. And that is what Peter is saying. But let us explain how to know God better and better. Peter told, and Paul told us that we should give up our achievements, right? And trust the Holy Spirit to um, help us to keep God's laws, right? And not keep it by our own, our own righteousness or our own strength. So let's read what Peter is saying here. He said that, verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 10, says, Simon Peter, the servant and missionary of Jesus Christ, to, to all of you who have a kind of faith, the faith I speak of is the kind that Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, gives to us. How precious it is and how just and good he is to give this same faith to each of us. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know him better and better. For as you know him better, he would give you through his great power everything you need for living a truly good life. He even shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all the other rich and wonderful blessings he promised. For instance, the promise to save us from the lust and rottenness all around us and to give us his own character. But to obtain these gifts, you need more than faith. <laughs> now, this is where we're going. So Paul said in... Philippians 3, 10 says, all you need is faith to know God. You don't need to try your best to be, to keep the law or make a timetable about the law or set a reminder about the law. Peter is now telling us that you need more than faith. You must also work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. For then you must learn to know God better and discover what he wants you to do. Next, learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become patient and godly and gladly letting God have his way with you. This will make possible the next step, which is for you to enjoy other people and to like them. One version says, like them genuinely. And finally, you will grow to love them deeply. Verse 8 says, the more you go in, on in this way, the more you go on in this way, the more you will grow strong spiritually and become fruitful and useful to our Lord Jesus Christ. But anyone who fails to go after these additions to faith is blind indeed, or at least very short-sighted, and has forgotten that God delivered him from the old life of sin so that now he can live a strong, good life for the Lord. So dear brothers, work hard to prove that you really, really are among those God has called and chosen 
and then you will never stumble or fall away. Amen. So both apostles are saying something similar, but saying it in different ways. But this is my take on everything and what God has shown me about this. We read when we read Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, it talks about how Peter has been good. Uh, sorry, why am I mixing it up? When we read Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, it talks about how Paul had been good, keeping the law, being good, being all these things that Peter said. Diligence, good, nice, loves others, obeys the law, godly, patient, has self-control. Paul said, I keep all these laws. I have all these qualities in me. I was a Jew. I was zealous for, for God. I persecuted the church, showed I was zealous for God. I was circumcised. I was good, 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 righteous. But all these things could not save me except, and I condemn them as dung, just to have, um, just to know God. And I discovered that only faith in Christ Jesus to help me be all these things can help me to know God better. Right? Now, Peter here is telling us that we need more than faith. We need to work for it. We need to work and add all this um, fruits to our lives. So, mind you, um, we're talking about fruits, right? That we show when we are the children of God, right? So, Paul was like, those fruits, those righteous fruits. Let me define it first before I start. So, righteousness. How you know a person is righteous? When a person is righteous, they exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And let me quickly read the fruit of the Spirit so that we can we can follow better. So, um, it says here that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. So hold that verse in one hand. And then Paul talked about having a righteousness, right? Righteousness. He worked for that righteousness. He worked to keep the law. So he, Paul told us we should not work for that righteousness. We should not work to keep the law. But we should have faith in Christ Jesus to help us exhibit the, the features of the law, the righteous features of the law, the features of righteousness. And these features of righteousness are the fruit of the Spirit which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these things belong to the Holy Spirit. So how can you actually set timetable to keep them? Do you, I don't know if anybody um, understands me. How can you set a timetable to keep these fruits of the Spirit? They are not your fruits. Normally, your fruit, let me tell you, the fruit of a human being. Your fruit, the fruit of a human being, or the, the, the character of a human being, is everything that your old man has taught you. Taught you how to lie. Taught you how to cheat. Taught you how to be cunning. Taught you how to do all those bad things, right? But when Christ nailed that dirty old man to the cross. And put baby Jesus in you. You have to allow Jesus and faith in Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. To have his full way in you. Give them full control of your life. In order for you to exhibit the fruit that belongs to that Holy Spirit. Now Paul is telling you to have faith in Christ. To give you the power to overcome all those evil sins and exhibit the Holy Spirit fruit. And Peter is telling you to practice those things that add to your faith. Practice of those things. So let's read Second Peter 1 again. 
um, in the King James Version. So you see that both of them are telling you what to do and they're telling you how to do it. But let us see which one is, how does God want us to do it? So um, 2 Peter 1 5 says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. So I'm reading King James Version so that um, you can see these fruits pop out. In the Living Bible that we read, they explained the fruits. They did not mention the names of the fruits so that you can know that I'm talking about, or Peter was talking about these fruits. It says in 2 Peter 1 verse 5 to 10, I read 1 to 10, but now I'm just going to read from 5 to 10. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So faith is not enough. That's what Living Bible said. But in this version, the King James Version, it says, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. So what is virtue? That's good behavior, right? And Galatians 5 verse um, um, 22 talks about goodness. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. So Peter is telling you to add to your faith virtue, which is goodness, right? It's not yours. How do you add it? How do you add something to your faith that you don't have? So it's not your work to add it. It's the work of the person that has it, which is the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So he's the one that will add it to you, right? So maybe the text was not written like exactly how it should be. Trust the Holy Spirit to add to your faith virtue, not you adding to your faith virtue by probably keeping timetable and saying, I want to be good. I have to give to the poor. I have to give to 10 poor people this month. No. It's the only thing that will direct you to give to as many poor people that he wants you to give to, right, that month. Anyway, before we continue, let me find the actual meaning of virtue. Virtue means um, goodness. Let's move forward. So when Peter here said, add to your faith virtue, right? You can't add to your faith virtue because you don't have virtue in you. It is the fruit of the Spirit. You got to trust the Holy Spirit to give you some of his virtue, his goodness. So we are comparing Second Peter 1, just to recap, verse 5 to 10 with Galatians 5.22 which displays the fruit of the Spirit. And Galatians was written by Paul. So all the apostles are on the same page, but probably the language is not too clear. So um, so Peter said, oh, you don't need faith alone. you got to add to that faith, virtue. And to the virtue, you have to have had knowledge, self-control. Okay, sorry, you got to add to virtue knowledge, right? So what will we say knowledge is? There are lots of fruit of spirits here. We have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Honestly, I don't see knowledge here. But remember that knowledge is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And we can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that talks about knowledge, which is the gift of the Spirit. So again, Peter is telling us to add to our faith knowledge, knowledge that we don't have. We don't have it in us, right? So we got to trust in the Holy Spirit to give us that knowledge. So when they say faith without works is dead, it just means that faith without exhibiting all these characters is dead. But the thing is that it's not you that will work to exhibit those characters. So actually, faith is all you need. Faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in the Holy Spirit to give you all these works, right? And then you begin to do those works because the Holy Spirit is the one that is making you do those works. 
So yeah, faith without works is dead. But faith without exhibiting the works given to you by the Holy Spirit, you are not the one that actually has the initiative to, to do those works. But the Holy Spirit gives you the grace to do those works. Yeah. So basically, faith is all you need, actually. Because when you have faith in Jesus Christ, have faith in the Holy Spirit to do His work in your life, then you exhibit works. Faith is actually all you need. But let's continue. So Paul said, add to your faith knowledge, which you don't have, and you are trusting the Holy Spirit to give to you. So you are not the one adding it to yourself, but the Holy Spirit adding it to you. Add to knowledge self-control. Now again, self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. It's not yours. So add you add it to yourself. You have to trust and have faith in the Holy Spirit to give that to you. That's faith. Add to your self-control, perseverance, patience. So let's see um, what it is in forbearance. Forbearance is in Galatians 5.22. Add to your forbearance or perseverance, godliness. So what is godliness? Godliness in um, 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 godliness in Galatians 5.22 could be faithfulness, right? Faithfulness, um, being godly. Add to godliness, kindness. Kindness is in Galatians 5.22. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. The fifth fruit of the Spirit. So Second Peter 1 verse uh, 7 says, Add to kindness, uh, love, right? And Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love. You don't have love in you. The Holy Spirit will help you love your brother. So for... Uh, verse 8 says, um, sorry, uh, Second Peter 1 verse 8 says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they are saying the same thing in order to know Christ, how to know Christ more so that we can get that eternal life from John 17, 3. How to know Christ more is to have faith in Jesus and faith that the Holy Spirit will do is work in your life and give you all these fruits because you need all these fruits to know Christ more, to now have eternal life. So that is what, that is this, that's the, like, the algorithm to get to eternal life, right? Yeah, so basically Paul is saying, um, well, bro, you don't need to practice all this nine fruits of the Spirit. It's not yours. You don't have it in you. You're going to just end up um, even if you teach yourself how to do them, you're going to boast in yourself that, oh, wow, I actually did not sin this year, right? But when you trust in the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can take that glory, obviously, because you know that you are living and righteous by the grace of God. Paul is talking about having faith in Christ in order to know him better. And Peter is talking about adding to your faith all these things. Guess what? They put it in this way because of their different backgrounds. Or backgrounds. <laughs> so, Paul was a righteous man before. He learned how to be righteous. And so, he already had that morale, upbringing. And it didn't do him any good. He didn't really know the heart of God. He didn't know what God, he missed the fact that the Messiah was going to come. He missed the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. It was, it was not opportune to find the Messiah. God did not, the God that he thought he was serving, you know, 
the God that he thought he was serving, keeping all the laws and all the morals with the timetable, could not be was not close enough to him to reveal to him that Jesus was the Messiah had come, right? So he was disappointed that his moral works could not even make him know God more. And so he's telling us that works cannot make you know God more except faith in Christ Jesus. Because when Jesus was on earth, Paul was also alive. But his morality did not make God reveal that fact to him because if those if that moral life pleased God, if that piousness or piousity pleased God, God will have talked to Paul as his friend and said, the Messiah is around. God told, told shepherds and wise men that the Messiah was around. But God did not tell Paul with all his self-righteousness that he had, with keeping all the nine, the ten, the, the ten commandments and exhibiting all those nine gifts of the Spirit which wasn't given to him by the Spirit, which lent with the timetable, right? So, God did, was not in that righteousness. So, you see people going around, they are moral, they are good. God is not there. So, Paul discovered that this is not what will help you. But having faith in Christ to do this work in you, to repair your life naturally, to exhibit this gift naturally, even without a timetable, naturally, that is what will make you know God. That's how you can know God. That is, Paul is talking about it from his background. Now let's go to Peter. Peter was a, what? Fisherman, a sinner. The first thing he got to know was faith. Jesus came to him one day, he was fishing, and told him to cast his net to one side, and he caught a lot of fish, and he was like, leave me alone, I'm a sinful man. I know you're righteous, please, let's maintain our boundaries here. But Jesus called him and said, I want you to be fishers of men. And when he had faith in Christ, he gave his life to Christ. He followed Christ every day. But guess what? When Jesus died and ascended to heaven, he went back to fishing. Because that faith was not enough for him to follow Christ. It was not enough. He had to, be, he had to, to exhibit all those other things in order to follow Christ. So that faith in Christ was not enough for him. And that's why he could write, brothers, don't stop at faith. You need more than faith. Add to your faith all those things in order to know Christ more. Well, guess what? Guess how Peter got all those things. He didn't get it by um, practicing it every day. He didn't get it by adding those things to himself. Just Even though P- Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 said, add to your faith all those things. It, even Peter did not add to his own faith all those things. He got all those things after the Pentecost. After the infilling of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost. He needed that spirit to live in him, to teach him how to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. (laughs) So he did not add to his faith. Although it, it looked like he got all those things after he had faith in Christ Jesus. And so he's telling you that, oh, you don't need only faith. You also need to add all those things. To make you are not the one adding them to yourself. It is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you will start exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. And then eventually He will give you the gift of the Spirit, which knowledge is part of it, wisdom is part of it, works miracle working is part of it, 
um, gifts, teaching gifts, on all those other gifts, prophecies, speaking in tongues, all those other gifts of the Spirit. And you don't learn them, you don't work for them. You don't add them to your faith. The Holy Spirit, faith that Christ and the Holy Spirit will add them to your faith is what you need. You need faith. Faith is all you need, actually. Because when you have the faith, you believe in Jesus, accept his Holy Spirit, and believe that the Holy Spirit will do a work of righteousness in your life, and just relax, he will do that work of righteousness by himself. He will add those things to you, so you are not adding to your faith. You can desire to have those things, and this is showing you what you actually need to know God. And when you see your life, and you say, I have faith in Christ Jesus, I know I'm filled with the Spirit, but I'm not exhibiting this fruit, then that is your prayer point. Father, Holy Spirit, add all these things to my faith. I'm not the one that would practice how to add them to my faith by myself. Else, I would boast that I taught myself how to be good. No. Holy Spirit, add these virtues to my faith. Add godliness to my faith. Add kindness to my faith. Holy Spirit, give me these gifts of yours. And that is our prayer right now. So that's our prayer. Holy Spirit, when you discover that as a Christian, you have surrendered your life to Christ, you have faith, you still tell lies. Inbuilt in you, then that's your prayer point. Holy Spirit, drive out this habit from my life. Give me your fruit, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. And He will do that work of righteousness by Himself. You don't have to set an alarm or time to be to achieve that. I pray God will give us wisdom more and know that probably the language that Peter used was because of his background. He had faith first before he exhibited his works. And he believed that you had to add it to your faith. But it came upon Peter after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit has filled the disciples. Then they started doing great things. They had boldness to preach the word of God. But Paul had already practiced how to be good. And his own work was now to unlearn how to be good by himself. In order to prevent boasting and being confident. And had to depend on the Holy Spirit and have faith in the Holy Spirit to teach him how to be good. So right now we get to pray. Pray that God help me. Help me to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. I have faith in you, Jesus. I have faith in you, God. I have faith in you, Holy Spirit, to finish the work of righteousness and help me presentable to God. Help me, O oh God, be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Help me that when God looks at me, he sees Jesus Christ. He sees the perfect image of Jesus Christ. He sees the righteousness of Christ in me. Remove every self-righteousness or achievement from my life. Help me, O oh God Almighty, so that I don't trust in what I have achieved in this worldly success. Help me to remember that how will I know that I have passed my exams? How will I know that I have passed the test of knowing God? How will I know I'm growing in the knowledge of God? I will know this because the more and more I know God, the less and less I am joyful because of the worldly achievement, and the less and less I'm sad because of worldly failure. So the more we know God, the more the less we are attached to the world. So Lord, help us to know you more. And help us to trust in the Holy Spirit to help us to know you more. Receive the glory of the days in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.